Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I think one of the things that I've been experiencing as a speaker and coach is people coming to me saying, how do I talk about mental health with my employer? Or how do I have the conversation? Or I'm, a, I'm afraid of being fired if I bring up mental illness. So courage um, has, or, or the topic of mental health and courage has come to me in the form of how do I have a hard conversation? You know, a lot of times that hard conversation can be with ourselves internally and just, you know, checking ourselves. Um, but a lot of times if people are working for other people and they still might be working in their purpose, but how do I have a conversation with my employer about needing a mental health break? So I have worked a lot with conjuring the courage to have a hard conversation in that space when we're talking about mental health and courage. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Candace Doby. And we are unpacking the concept of courage. The word courage, the concept courage, what does it mean to you? Often it's thrown around and several meanings are ascribed to that word. But have you ever thought about how you could expand that definition and really live that out? Well, that's where Candace comes in. And Candace is someone I've known for a little bit. We, uh, we, we used to be managed by the, the same speaking manager who is an amazing lady and a good friend of ours, a good mutual friend of ours, but what she's done with a career is nothing short of incredible. She saw something that needed to be expanded upon and made a career out of that, and she's gone on to continue to, to do this in the institution she's worked with, and I think you're going to find that deep within yourself, there are moments that you need to reframe, redesign, and articulate. That's what today's episode is. Also, make sure you check out her website and her podcast. Both of them would be in the show notes. And you want to check those out because she's got some exciting things coming up. So enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today I have with me Candace Doby. Now, Candace is an Atlanta-based speaker, author, and courage coach who works with universities and organizations to help emerging leaders activate their personal courage in order to perform to their potential in school, work, and life. Much of the areas that we spend, well, I guess, a lot of our lives on. <laughs> Candace, <laughs> Candace uh, combines a decade of research on courage with her experiences leading marketing teams at Chipotle Mexican Grill, solo traveling to more than 20 countries, writing a book, and starting a business. And this unique combination equips her with the implementable strategies she shares with audiences to help them get out of their own way and put the mission in motion. Candace, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Well, the pleasure's mine. This has been a long time coming. Yes, it has. And I'm glad we could finally do this. Me too. Me too. I, I'm, I'm very excited. And I always like talking about courage because I know I've shared this with you, but my name, Tayo, is short for Akintayo, which means a warrior has brought us joy. And so one of my five core values is, is, has been courage for the longest time. And so anytime anyone relates to it and has a whole framework based around it, it gets me excited because I think we do live in a time where we need to practice more courage. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's one of your values that you live by. Oh, absolutely. I really wish everybody would have courage as a value to live by. It's so important. It's one of those things that we talk about. And I think we recognize the importance of courage, but it's hard to live. You know, if courage was easy to live, everybody would be living it, but it's pretty difficult to, to live out. It is. It is. Well, how do you define courage? Yeah, that's a good question because everybody has their own definition, but the way that I like to, to define it is courage is a choice. It's a choice to face a risk for a worthy purpose. Mm. So actually in that definition, Tayo, there's some important pieces to it. First, is it's a choice. So it's our own personal choice. Like you don't get any credit for doing something that somebody told you to do. It has to come from an inward place. Um, and then the second piece of it, which is probably the most important piece is it's a choice to face a risk. So you really don't need courage if there is no risk involved. And so that's a central piece of courage. And then we take the risk for a worthy purpose. Yeah. So you got to be doing something that's, you know, valuable and, um, and worth it to take the risk. Yeah. I, I, I like that. This starts with the personal piece as well, because I think sometimes we, we have this warped definition of courage based on what we see externally, but we don't realize that there's a, a personal decision that has to be made for you to do something. It's and it looks, yeah, yeah, it looks different for different people based on the circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that personal piece is really, really important because I think a lot of people can do things out in the world um, because they are fearful of retribution or they're feel fearful of retaliation. So if that's the motivation behind the action, then that's actually not a path to courage. No, it's not. So, yeah. Well, how did you stumble into this work? Because this is this is incredible. No one would think, I, at least when I was younger, growing up, I never saw the career, uh, you know, description in the career offices, career services, career, you know, that would say courage coach. Right. I never saw that. So yeah. how did you come up with this as uh, a, a path for you to make yeah. the impact that you make today? That's the beauty of being able to take up space in the world as your true authentic self. It's like you can create the labels that are that are inspiring to you rather than yeah. going going with some label that somebody else gives you but I'll tell you so my um, background is in marketing went to school for marketing had a 16 year successful career in marketing and so what I recognized from working for corporations is the best part of the job for me was actually being able to um, lead my team to activate their own courage to stand up for ideas that were unpopular or to give, feedback and receive feedback in support of their growth and other people's growth. And then also to be their authentic selves, you know, when being their authentic selves was unpopular or unconventional. So that was the work that I enjoyed the most. And so as I looked over my life, you know, what I pulled out was this theme of courage and risk-taking. So I took all of that together and decided that that's what I wanted to do. And that was like a higher mission and purpose for me was to help emerging leaders activate their own personal courage so they could perform to their potential. Wow. 
Yeah. And so you had your personal story with this as well, because it was something you noticed and something you saw that was missing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think from the per, from the professional perspective, I think people can often get lost in navigating professional spaces. You know, yes. you do what you think is right. Fact. And oftentimes that means covering up yourself because you're just trying to get along. So, yeah. 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 And then I, for me. Oh, go ahead. No, no. The only thing I was going to add to that is I, I'm imagining someone listening to your story saying, wait, you left a successful career to, to you know, to them, that would be courage, right? If I, I don't have the courage to do that. Why, why would you do that? But it's interesting hearing you say this because I can see that it's it's so mission based for you. Yeah. And you feel like everyone needs to have access to that. But that, that, was, that was just what I wanted to add to that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can all I call it societal bling. We can all get caught up in societal bling and having societal bling, which is, you know, I was working for corporate America and had all the things, the six figure salary, the company car the frequent flyer miles and all of that. And that seems great. But when you are really tapped into um, your mission, your purpose, when you're really tapped into your gifts and talents and what you need to get out in the world, then all of that becomes secondary. And the, the, the mission that you have becomes primary. So it did take courage for me to leave all of that and start on my own. But I felt like that was the higher mission. Yeah. And when you finally tap into what that higher mission is, given your experience, what do you feel like is a path to actually create that as a sustainable career? Because I feel like COVID did that for a lot of people. It caused people to reflect, to pause, mm -hmm. to question where they are and to really figure out if what they're doing is aligned with their mission. Mm -hmm. But what seems to be missing for a lot of folks is, I guess, maybe the courage to take the next step or an idea of how to orchestrate the next step, which is entirely centered around what we've learned from the courage that we want to live out yeah, you know, it's a process. That's the important thing to know about courage is a lot of people think that courage is this one time wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of action, yes. but it's actually, it's a process. And so there, there are key things that you need to evaluate to be able to understand if that leap is appropriate for you or to get your next step in line. And a lot of what you have to consider, Tayo, is what is your motivation? Because that is the anchor. That is the thing that is going to help you persevere through the challenges and the fears and obstacles that come up when you do take that risk. Yeah. So people have to understand that they, they need a really hardcore, worthy, internally motivated um, reason to step yeah. out. Yes. I, I love that. So that's so true. Uh, <laughs> no, because people do need that. I, I always reflect on my educational background and the stuff that I do now and the stuff that you do now are things I wish I was learning when I was younger, yeah. just because, you know, I feel like there's so many other people who would have tapped into so many skill sets that they could have created careers like yours, like, you know, you know, a career yeah. centered around courage, a career centered around whatever is valuable to them. And that access to that personal courage is not always you know placated or even cultivated rather in in school environments so i'm always yeah. curious about that yeah hmm. and here's the thing i mean look at you look at me i mean you can really create whatever you want to create you know That's your nice. business is a dynamic well-rounded business you know i've created this business where i'm a courage coach you can create whatever you want to create which and is so dynamic and well-rounded too <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, but it really courage, courage comes down to a lot about beliefs. What do you believe you can have? What do you believe you can attain? Um, and, and unlearning that these traditional paths uh, are the only paths that you can take. 100%. So, so yeah. why, why emerging leaders? 
I know that's a big focus for you. Yeah. I think that's just that those are my people. Those are the people that I connect with, you know? So emerging <laughs> leaders to me is people who are, you know, in college, about to leave college. They're um, young professionals at organizations. These are the people who don't have a lot of experience and they really need to understand their personal courage in order to navigate those professional and personal spaces. So these are the people that I feel like I can provide solutions for and really serve. In, in Kings, Queens and royalty, she, Candace went to UNC, you know, even though I'm a, you know, we have a bit of a turf war here. I'm a Duke fan, but you oh know, my gosh. I know she's a chapter. <laughs> but what I want to say about UNC is as much as it pains me to say, they're an incredible university. And so a, a lot of what, you know, Candace has studied, you know, comes from prestige. She has a six figure salary. She's seen there. She's been to the highest of the highest places. Yeah. And she's saying this from a place and the vantage point of having been in those places that maybe people will say you should aspire to be and presenting multiple other options for you. Because I think what I, what I'm learning from you and I'm, I'm hearing a lot of you, a lot of people like you say is it's important for you to know what it is that you want in spaces that you want to go to, as opposed to letting spaces you feel like you're supposed to be in define who you are without even doing that reflection work. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and it takes a lot of work to figure out and to understand your values. And, you know, Tayo, your values may have been concrete from forever how long, but values can change. Values can be yes. dynamic, right? And so depending on where you are and what stage you are in your life. But I do think it's really important to understand your values because you can get sucked into a lot of different channels and spaces and pathways that people want to put you on if you don't understand what it is you you want what you value and what your talents and skills will can allow you to do yeah e comments once said is this is paraphrased but in, in the world that's constantly trying to change you the most courageous thing you can do is to be yourself and a hundred percent yeah it, it, it's, it's one of those beautiful things that, I, that i've always i've always heard with courage for you you have three c's i believe i was listening to one of your yeah. your talks what, what what are the three c's so courage, it's this big old complex thing, right? But there are three components that I think are really critical that we have to know about. And so they're the three C's, they all start with C. The first one is you gotta know your cause, which is that motivation that we have talked about. So what is that reason that you wanna step out and face fear and take these risks? You know, you've gotta be able to connect that cause or that motivation to your values and to some internal motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's critical. That's going to be your anchor. And then the second C is really all about your confidence. And, and you know, this is huge. Um, confidence is really critical to, to courage. They go hand in hand. A lot of times I like to say they're like Jay-Z and Beyonce, you can't separate them. <laughs> because you absolutely cannot separate them. And so confidence really comes from the third C, which is your competence. And that's your skill and your ability and your proficiency and your knowledge. So it's really hard to have confidence in your skills and abilities if you don't have skills and abilities. So there needs to be some level of you knowing how to navigate in the unknown. There has to be some level of you being able to be uncomfortable um, in the unknown that is necessary to be able to act courageously. And so once you have those abilities, then you can have confidence in those abilities. So those are the three, it's cause, it's confidence and it's competence. So that's what I spend a lot of time talking about when I'm, when I'm coaching about courage. 
you know, I'm a big fan of uh, alliteration, big fan of, of frameworks, a big fan of any anything that makes it easy to understand. And so when you say cause, confidence, and competency, it, it makes it easy to remember. And yeah. I, I mean, if we're even looking at the last year and a half to two years, I think a lot of people have had, you know, a crisis of conscience. Mm. And some people have lost confidence, some people have gained confidence, but some people have had to rethink what their causes are. Yeah. Some people have had to figure out how to find their confidence. And some people have really questioned their competence mm-hmm. on multiple areas. And, yeah. and even people that you might not have guessed. And, and I think it's just always a reminder for people to be, to be human. But anytime we have a crisis like this that stops the world, the people that have done a lot of the work you say, the personal mm-hmm. work, yeah. are usually the ones that are able to navigate and creatively figure out how to find more outlets to, to share their message. At least that's what I've observed. Oh, you're, you're, you're right on. I mean, that is, that is it. You know, the people who are able to take advantage of all of the uncertainty and chaos and whatever you want to call it that we've been experiencing in the last year and a half. I mean, the people who are stepping into the fullness of their potential are the people who are taking risk. Mm. They are. Those are the people who are able to step into their potential. Those are the people who are able to, you know, take their organizations into the future and will be able to, you know, work in this post-pandemic way of working. It's the people who can uh, consistently and routinely take risks. So if you were to look at your last year and a half, I know you've probably done, taken so many risks and the people you've talked to on your podcast, (laughs) right? Yes. And these are the people who will tap into, successfully tap into the fullness of their potential. Yeah, no. And one of the best ways to do that, by the way, is to get Candace's book. Uh, her book is, is called If Courage Could Talk, right? And it offers readers a compelling entry point into intentional conversations about conjuring their courage. And I feel like that book is, is actually necessary right now. You're talking about people who are needing frameworks and, and to rethink things that they thought were normals and, and standard. Now they have to figure out how to enter uh, whatever launching pad that they want to have for the future. And I think it's interesting that you, you wrote the book, the pandemic happened and people are still struggling with confidence right now or courage. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think it's something that we'll probably struggle with until the end of time, you know, uh, but here's the deal, the book, uh, cause this was a whole act of courage in terms of how I, how I thought about the idea, how I published the idea, um, which it was self-published when I was first starting out yes. and the book got picked up by a national publisher, which I'm yeah. very excited about. So it's actually not available right now, but it will be available again um, in the spring of, of 2022. So next year. So can people pre-order? Not yet, but they will be able to uh, probably at the beginning of the year. So you know what? The, the episode is, is going to come out very close to the, it's the end of the year or the beginning of the year. So uh-huh. one of yeah. So one one of the things that I that I always tell my audience to do is follow whoever I bring on because you're always going to be able to to get the updates from them best. But that's great though because in yes. your act of courage, you're telling me, am I is it safe to assume that you are a little afraid of writing the book? I was afraid of writing the book because the, the concept, the premise behind the book is that I give courage a voice. So if courage could talk is all about if courage had a voice and was like your best friend, what would courage say to you to help you start on your journey, not be paralyzed, move forward and do the thing that you need to do. <laughs> um, and I was very afraid that people wouldn't get it. 
you know, there's this book where I'm imbuing courage with an identity that is, you know, and, and I was afraid that people wouldn't get it, but I felt so strongly about bringing some personalization to courage to help people connect with the concept of it, um, that I decided to just come out with this book myself. I self-published it, sold, you know, a bunch of copies on my own and then got found by a traditional publisher. And here we are. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of course. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. It's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends. Use it with your family. Use it with yourself. Okay, the link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective, and it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. Well, a lot, a lot of times people will tell you, you know, I can't do something, and you, and you decided to do something, and then they'll say, I, I don't have the options. No one is picking up something, but then you decided, well, if no one's going to pick it up, I'm going to promote it myself, and then it did the numbers that it needed to attract people, and then they said, you know what? let's let's have a conversation and so sometimes whatever we intend to happen might not happen the way we want it to happen but it will happen in some shape or form whether you choose to act or not that's it that's right that's it (laughs) good stuff uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Congratulations to that. I, I didn't know about the, uh, the book be, being picked up. So that, that's, that must be exciting news for you because uh, I don't know if there's some validation there, but your concept worked. Yeah, there's some, val- there's some validation. I mean, you know, there's this whole process of validating yourself, but mm-hmm. when other people validate you, it's like, oh, this, this must be good. <laughs> it is good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, no, that's incredible. Now, as we look towards the next generation, and a lot of what I'm seeing, you know, even with, with what happens with COVID and what has happened in, uh, you know, with everything that we've, had, we've seen in the last year, whether it's social justice or yeah. more companies, you know, applying work from home, there's a lot of, there are a lot of mental health components uh, that I've, you know, noticed with kids that I teach Mm -hmm. and with clients that I work with where people might be doing what they feel that they're supposed to do, but they're drained in some shape or form. 
It's like this paradox of, I know I should be happy, but why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious in your, in, in your line of work, as you work with people across multiple facets, do you notice this feeling where people are tapped out, even though they're tapped into their, you know, their purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I've been experiencing as a speaker and coach is people coming to me saying, how do I talk about mental health with my employer? Or how do I have the conversation? Or I'm, a, I'm afraid of being fired if I bring up mental illness. Mm. So courage um, has, or, or the topic of mental health and courage has come to me in the form of how do I have a hard conversation? You know, and a lot of times that hard conversation can be with ourselves internally and just, you know, checking ourselves. Um, but a lot of times if people are working for other people and they still might be working in their purpose, but how do I have a conversation with my employer about needing a mental health break? So I have worked a lot with conjuring the courage to have a hard conversation in that space when we're talking about mental health and courage. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the second part of that is that you, you said if courage could talk is the title of your book, yeah. we do need to talk. We, yeah. we need to talk and, and unpack so many, you know, so many of these things in, in order for us to grow, in order for us to be seen, to be heard and to be understood and to also establish our boundaries. At least I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to talk. And even though mental health has become a more common and topical conversation yeah. because of the space that we're in, it's still a hard conversation to have. You yeah. know, you're still opening yourself up to being exposed and being vulnerable. So this can be a conversation that requires an immense amount of courage to actually have. Well, no, I, I love that. I love that. Well, well, speaking of vulnerability, one of the things that really makes people feel really vulnerable is risk taking. And you, you yeah. touched on it earlier. But there was, a, there was a beautiful article you wrote, which was titled uh, Three Reasons Why Emotions uh, Make Us Miscalculate oh. Risks, I think. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So I, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was doing research. I did my research. <laughs> yeah, you uh, did. <laughs> I, but I found it so fascinating because I, I'm about unpacking uh, triggers because I believe the more you understand triggers, the, the closer you are to change behavior. And so when you, you wrote that article and I was reading reading through it, I wanted to mention it in this podcast because I want to give you a chance to really help someone work with those three emotions. What, what are the three emotions you feel like, you know, make us miscalculate risk? Ty, you're going to make me pull up the article. Oh, I can find it too. I, it, you know, so for the first one, you said, I think, I, oh yeah, I found it here. It says emotions cloud judgment. Yes. Fear of loss constrains choice, choices. Okay, there we go. And an overestimation of the past and the present distorts reality. Yes. Okay. So um, absolutely. I mean, I think that risk taking is absolutely what we need to do to step into the fullness of our potential. But what happens is our, our emotions can just really get in the way of us taking those risks. So the first thing is that, yeah, emotions do cloud our judgment. You know, we can maybe not see the fullness of opportunities in front of us because we're seeing the emotion that's showing up. I mean, that's our short-sighted vision. We have a very myopic way of looking at things because the emotions cloud the opportunities that are in the in the you know in the distance. Um, but really, you know, this is just an overarching point. I think the second point is really the good point, which is um, or um, impactful point, which is fear, which is an emotion 
can get in the way and it can really constrict our choices. So when we feel fear, and this is a, a response that we, that we feel when we feel a threat, you know, it can really get in the way of helping us see all of the choices that are in front of us. Um, so we can only see the choice of really turning away because we want to get rid of the fear of feeling as soon as possible. So what this means is humans, you know, if you think about yourself, if I think about myself, when we're faced with a risk, what we really, really um, feel the most passionate about risking is the, the risk of loss. So whether that be the loss of, you know, uh, position and influence or money or whatever, we really feel the fear of loss. And so when we feel the fear of loss, we become very risk averse, Tayo. And that can help us, or that can prevent us from seeing all of the opportunities that are in front of us because we don't want to lose what we think we already have. Wow. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah you know, so, so that, that, that thought of that focus on loss sometimes just prevents us from even acting. And yeah. Even, yeah. 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 And then, and then the last point is, is, you know, a lot of times when we feel fear and we want to take a risk, we will overestimate what happened in experience in the past or what we think might happen in the future. So our mind will go back to the last time that we tried to do something similar and we failed, or we didn't have the outcome that we hoped we would have. And what we'll do is we will overestimate um, that result from the past and thinking about how it will impact the present you know, opportunity in front of us. When really there could be different variables involved, it's a different circumstance, but we'll overestimate that experience from the past and thinking that our, our current situation will mimic what we experienced and also we underestimate the the growth that we could have you know taken in in, in the time that we did the same thing the previous time or yeah. who was the new person that might have created access to the, to an opportunity or who is in the audience <laughs> that would resonate with something and say hey i want you to do this with twenty thousand people here because i really like what you have to say yeah, absolutely. And I do see that a lot. I see when I'm working with a lot of clients or talking to a lot of people, they will mention something that happened in the past and they will put that on the opportunity in the present when really it's like if you evaluate it and break it down, these are these can be very two different situations. So that overestimation of the past can really prevent us from taking advantage of opportunities in the present. And it also underestimates us as, uh, yes. as humans. And and I see it happen all the time, even if it, we're taking it outside of career, if it's personal lives, right? Anyone, if you, if you, you can apply it to dating, I'm never dating this, I don't, this person, that, that person, person, this person, yeah. yeah. Or you could even extend it to, I know a lot of people are into uh, zodiac signs. So yes. you know, I'm never dating a Scorpio. I'm never <laughs> dating a Gemini. <laughs> but it, it, I, I, I do think that uh, there is some work that can be done if, if we really commit to seeing things as, as they are. But that's beautiful, though. Overestimation of the past and the present distorts reality, right? That's yeah. one. Fear of loss constrains choices and emotions cloud judgment. And the more we figure out what emotions we feel are clouding judgments, what emotions have become our safe spaces, as opposed to the, the propellers for us to do what we need to do, the more we really understand the, the, the trigger of why we fear loss as opposed to just doing the, the, the work. Yeah. And then the, the more we understand that maybe we're telling a, a distorted reality, uh, I think it's going to get us to be more honest, more authentic, and more importantly, accountable uh, to, 
to ourselves. Because yeah. I think we're really hurting ourselves when we don't become the best versions of ourselves. Absolutely. And we're hurting our community. We're hurting the world. We're hurting people around us. I mean, this is what all of us, you know, need, the world needs is for us to be the best versions of ourselves. Especially so, now. Especially now. Especially. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And yeah. before I move on, there was something you said in the article, you were quoting a research from, from a book and it says, losses will always loom larger than gains. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's the way that our, our brain works. And the book you're talking about, it's called Against the Gods, The Remarkable Story of Risk um, by Peter Bernstein, I think is the author. And so mm. he's an economist. So this is a book that really is based on risk and economy. But it's losses, the fear of losing for, for us as humans is always going to be bigger than what we can gain. So we can't see the fullness of the opportunity because the perception of loss looms larger. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we need to be able to change our relationship with loss, our relationship with fear, our relationship with any of these negative emotions. And so if there's anyone listening right now, you know, based on what Candace is saying, I'll, I'll just really have you all just get out your note-taking machines, you, you have courage, and then you have just emotions you have negative relationships with. And I, I think you'd be surprised by what you find. Yeah. There are stories behind those emotions. Yes. Uh, I can see. And yeah. emotions are the thing, Tayo, that make us exaggerate. They make us exaggerate, you know, uh, things in our minds, pictures in our minds. They can make us minimize things like our potential. So emotions are, they really do have to be kind of neutralized, especially when we're talking about risk-taking, you mm. know, the, this process of neutralizing um, your emotions and, and really your, your discomfort. Cause I think that's one of the things that we feel is we feel uncomfortable when we think about risk-taking. Yeah. So how can we judge some of the inputs, the information that's coming in rather than positive or negative and just neutral, just accept it as information. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Candace, I'm a very emotional guy. Okay. Okay. I've, I've always been accused of this for better or worse. Are you saying, are there moments where it's, it's okay to be emotional and to show that emotion in a situation? Or do you feel like we should always neutralize those emotions? No, I mean, I think it, it's part of the natural human experience to have mm -hmm. and show emotions. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying when it comes down to risk taking. Risk taking. Like, yeah. Yes. When you That's are true. really trying to step outside of your comfort zone and do something harder that you've never done before, yeah. it is important. Um, emotions can take us in a lot of different places. So it is important to neutralize that emotion sometimes. You know, you know what the cool kids say? They say facts over feelings. That, that's what that's what they say on the streets right now. Say facts hey, over feelings. I, I don't want to hear. Hey, when we're talking about risk taking facts over feelings. That's that's huge. Yes. Uh, no, um, I, I, I I I didn't want to uh, leave this episode without you talking about what you learned about yourself traveling because you traveled quite a bit. Yeah, I Was have. Like? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I kind of missed out on the on the study abroad experience or going abroad when I was in college. I was just really fearful of travel. Um, you know, being a black woman in the U.S., I have had so many experiences. You know, that are not necessarily positive about um, just being who I am. So I had a lot of fear around going outside of what was familiar to me, even though sometimes it wasn't comfortable. But going outside of that and experiencing people in other parts of the world. So I didn't start traveling abroad until I was 27, which I kind of consider late, but hey, better late than never. And um, since my first trip to Indonesia, I have 
been committed to travel and I do a lot of solo travel. So, you know, I had to conjure my courage to do that. That's part of my courage story. But I think what I learned about myself is just, you know, um, gosh, there's, there's so much vastness beyond me. You know, I'm part of this global equation that I just didn't, you know, see before because of, you know, just staying in my local space. So I, I think I understand like the vastness of myself. One of the things that I really came to understand about myself is just the simplicity of life. And I wanted to simplify my life um, versus having all of these things and material things. So I think travel just really opened me up to myself. You know, it gave me a greater access to myself than I didn't have before. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that simultaneous expansiveness while you realize how, small you could be in a in a, in a sea of, of multiple people going through uh you know different experiences yeah. is, is a beautiful thing because the world is a paradox it's a world of paradox we are as humans are also full of paradoxes but i don't think we truly get close to understanding each other if we don't figure out how to you know understand that nuance and, and understand that for as much uh, of the reality we have here in our own echo chambers. There are so many other people going through similar things with probably just very different lived experiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I ready to get back ahead. out there. As no, I can. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Imagine, <laughs> what, how, when was the last time you traveled? Well, I will say I did travel this year. So okay. I, and, and it was, a, it was you know, a, a, I went to Bermuda, never been there before. It was kind of close. Um, so that was my let's try it. Let's try a short trip and, and see how it goes, but I'm ready to, to get back out there. All right. Well, I'm sure then for the next generation of Dobies, they will definitely see the world. Right. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, into, into understanding what it's like to, to be courageous, but also to activate, uh, to help other people activate the courage, the courage. Right. Well, as we close, do you have any final word for someone who's struggling with a crisis of confidence right now? Yeah, I would say, I would repeat this and I would say this, if you're struggling with confidence, remember where confidence comes from and confidence comes from being able to trust in your abilities. That is the foundational 
kind of peace or understanding about confidence. So if you're having a crisis of confidence right now, I would go back to my abilities. I would say, you know, do I, re- can I really rely on and trust on my skills, my talents, am I proficient? Do I have abilities? And I would work on those, you know, for whatever it is you're trying to do, whether that's, you know, um, get to another place in your current career, if it's, you know, trying to start your own business, whatever, you know, it's really getting back to your abilities and and really evaluating them because your confidence is going to come from you believing in and trusting and relying on your abilities. So that's what I would say about that. Tayo, I would also say I have a podcast. One of the things that I wanted to do, I'm a speaker and I travel around and I talk to audiences about courage, but I wanted a, a channel to help me get the message out more broadly. So I started a podcast called The Courage Hotline with Candace Doby, where I take questions from people who have courage challenges and I answer them for everybody to hear. So I want to put that out there that the podcast is out. We'll put season that in the show one. notes. We'll put that in the show notes. Season one. Okay. Oh, you do it in seasons. Look at I you. Just, I just started. I'm, yeah, season. So I'm doing 12 episodes a season. And episode 12 will be next week. And then I'll take a short break and we'll be back with season two. Absolutely. We'll be in the show notes. How else can people reach out to you? Your website? Website is CandiceDobie.com. And then I'm on social, which is at Candice Doby. So you can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Facebook, at Candice Doby. All right. And my last question. Yes. How do you use your difference to make a difference, Candice? Oh my God. (laughs) It was coming. It was coming. (laughs) It was coming. Oh, well, I think part of my difference comes from um, really understanding my authenticity, really understanding who I am, you know, really connecting with with Candace. And it's allowed me to quit a corporate job to start my own business. It's allowed me to cut off all of my hair and basically be bald, which is something that's not conventional. It's allowed me to speak up and really have my voice heard. So I think my difference is really being able to navigate an uncertainty and in the space of, of being unconventional. And I use that to help other emerging leaders do that themselves so that they can develop into the best versions of themselves, but to really step into their potential. There you have it. Candace Doby tapping into her inner self to help us heal and grow <laughs> and change the world for the better. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And Kings, Queens, Royalty, till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.